Hey girl, hey, welcome to Momming with Melanin, the Black Mom's Perspective. This is a weekly podcast where we will come together and discuss every topic under the sun designed specifically for black and brown moms. We're moms, we have homeschool going on, there's so many other things going on, you're cooking, you're cleaning. You know, we need a break. We need to decompress. And this is what Momming with Melanin is all about. This is a safe space. We're going to get together, have some wine, water, whatever you like, and we're going to talk. Welcome to Momming with Melanin, the Black Mom's Perspective. I am your host, Angie, and I am here today with a very special guest that is near and dear to my heart, my baby father, y'all, my boo, my husband, Cocoa Puffs daddy, uh, Lloyd. And Lloyd is here because we're going to discuss the male perspective. Uh, Momming with Melanin is, of course, from the Black Mom's perspective on literally every subject you can think of. Um, but the show is not geared specifically to moms. It's not geared specifically to black or brown women. And it's not geared to women. Men can participate. Men can be a part of the show, families. We want a little bit of everything because the whole purpose of the show is to prove that there's so much more to a mom. Um, so Lloyd, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? And we're going to get right into it, boo. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first question I have for you is why did you get married? I got married because... One, you know, I didn't see myself with anybody else. I never loved anybody else like I loved you. And marriage to me is very sacred. And I think it's the ultimate form of commitment. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be with anybody else with you. So that's why. All right. I feel you. Um, I'm glad you asked. And I think I'm even more glad that I said yes because, uh, I think some people go into marriage, and we dated a, a decent amount of time, so I thank God for that too, right. because some people go into a marriage and they don't really know the person. You know, people, oh, it's been a year, let's get married. I've had right. coworkers that have done that, and they're miserable. Um, you know, so it, it's very important. Uh, my old bishop, Archbishop Roger used to say, when you're dating, you collect data. You get to know that person, um, and you want to know that person in all seasons of their life, you know? You get married to a person and then you're bad with finances. Or how about people that get married and you don't realize homeboy credit is 500? <laughs> Shout out to Jamal Talas. If your credit is jacked up, please hit up my brother <laughs> and he can help you. But nobody wants to, you know, be attached to, you know, somebody with bad credit. A lot of marriages fell for two reasons, infidelity and financial right. reasons. Um, so those are major. Um, and I just thank God that we're kind of we're good on that. Right. And as long as I continue to be fake therapist, I think we'll be okay. Um, so my next question would be, how do you think our marriage is currently during the pandemic? Um, not just during the pandemic, because we have a toddler now, Elise is one. So how do you think our marriage is, the state of our marriage overall during this time? Overall, I think our marriage is, is doing pretty good, especially during the pandemic. You know, I'm about I saw some of the news the other day. I was like, you know, I watch Channel 7 News every morning. And they said that divorce rates are projected to go up higher now because of the pandemic, because, you know, spouses are around each other literally 24-7. So they're, they're starting to see the real side of their spouse that they've never seen before. Um, 
and this is when they really get to know who they're with. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, it's mm-hmm. not the person that that they married. So. It's their representative, right? You know. So I, I'm grateful, like you don't understand, I thank God so much that, you know, of course we're married and we have that intimate relationship and, you know, so much more, but we're friends. Like we joke all day, we trick each other, we play games. And then it's more than that as well, um, because it's like, hey, there's a good book. Let's read this book. Let's, you know, let's do this. We sit and we literally talk about stocks. Hey, did you sell this? Sell this. Buy Tesla. Sell, right. app, sell Tesla. Right. Buy Apple. Sell the Apple. You know? So we spend so much time um, just in and out of, you know, things where literally like business partners in a way where we're discussing finances and our next moves and, and so much more. So I feel like if you can enjoy your partner, um, it's a major problem, right. you know, and, and that pandemic shows that some people married the representative and not the real person. Right. Um, and I think besides that, the pandemic, you know, everybody has their internal wars. Um, with this pandemic, a lot of mental health issues are probably risen. Definitely. Um, you have a lot of anxiety, depression, and yeah. so much more going on. Especially anxiety. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people may not necessarily know how to handle that in their partner. Um, so this is where also therapy, I'm, I'm an advocate for therapy, um, is very necessary. And I'm grateful that we did premarital counseling and we also have, I forgot his name. Um, we do our couples, annual couples with, uh, uh started with a K, Cammy, Cammy. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm very grateful for him as well. And that's the thing I think, um, I learned from Shaquan when we did our premarital counseling. It's okay to realize that what you need when you get married versus what you may need as your marriage continues, it can change. And it's okay. You know, before the baby, when we got married and you're like, oh, what do you need? Oh, I want my hair done. I want my nails done. I want a new purse. I want this. I want that. Now it's like, what do you need? Take this baby. I love her. I love you. (laughs) Baby and daddy time. Y'all take y'all time. I'm out. I'm going shopping. I'm going to Home Goods. I'm going to Marshalls. I'm going to get my hair done, nails done, everything. You know, so what you need definitely changes. Right. Um, And I'm just grateful. I think something that's necessary in a marriage is versatility. You know, you have to get married and know that you can change, you know, you can, you can mold and you can, you know, you have to be shapeable in a sense um, where, you know, the, the things that you may want now, I'm sure when we're 50, you may not want. Exactly. And that's okay. Um, so, you know, just being open, open-mindedness is des- definitely necessary in a marriage. Um, how do you feel our marriage is now that we have a toddler as far as, um, just us, the me and you, because now we have our baby and she's great because when you kiss me and things like that, she laughs, she thinks it's hilarious. But how do you feel now? Like, has our intimacy changed? Uh, our intimacy haven't, our intimacy hasn't changed. Um, definitely gotta get more creative about it now. <laughs> you know, the baby's, baby's here. Little blocker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't wanna say that. But, so she is a little yeah. blocker. Little block is here. Um, so you put her, and I yeah. learned that you put her in a high chair. Mm-hmm. You put her on loose or Abby Hatcher. And, and, and then it's like, let's, yeah. let's go. That has an attention span for about two hours. Thank God for a walking closet. Yeah. Thank God for the family room. Yeah. 
it's been working. <laughs> hey, yeah, our intimacy definitely hasn't changed, but you definitely have to get more creative with a baby around now because you know you get a little five minutes, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? <laughs> five minutes? I don't know if we ever have five minutes, bro. I need like 30. To get it in one again. But, I mean, definitely hasn't changed. You just just got more creative. Yeah, definitely. And I thank God we're new homeowners. So let's just thank God for the balcony and then the balcony facing the bushes and the woods. (laughs) So nobody can see me. So listen, if she has to be in her room and we have to be on the balcony, it is what it is. A little bit of nature ain't never hurt nobody. We'll find a way. Like, you know, we might get a sibling going on for that. So, so, you know, in in the aspect of the baby, um, how did you feel during my pregnancy? Because I know during my pregnancy, it was exciting. You know, we we weren't even trying to conceive, you know. And then we had our doubts, remember, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, because I stopped birth control after we got married. And I'm like, oh, you know, um, I don't know if I can get pregnant. I don't know. We weren't really trying, but we were still kind of uncertain because it's like, you know, with the way we were going, we we, we could have been pregnant. Right. Um, but it didn't happen. So once we were pregnant, it was, first of all, I remember that day. It was a crazy day because I'm like, wait, I'm late, babe. And I'm like clockwork on time, every time. And we were both up at five in the morning because <laughs> I had to go to work, you had to go to work. And I took the pregnancy test. And I was so shocked. <laughs> I don't even know. I came out of the bathroom and I just handed you the box with the directions. And then I handed you the test. And you kept peeking around. Like you were making your coffee. You were doing everything. You kept peeking at me, like <laughs> just waiting for me to like jump up and down. But I was like literally fight or flight. <laughs> I was just like frozen. <laughs> and we both went to work that day. And they came back and I took another test. And we were like, oh, I'm really pregnant. It was so exciting. Um, I don't know. I remember the whole pregnancy, like it was yesterday. I remember the day we talked about it, and the, the day you found out you was pregnant. Uh, I remember that we talked about it in November. Like you know, I think we're ready. You know, if it happens, it happens. And then come January, boom. Get used to, I think it was like a, a week late. I think <laughs> so. I take pregnancy test in the morning, and. I mean, you've, you've been late before, but so I was like, you know, she probably was just late. Mm-hmm. And when I saw you in the bathroom for like half an hour, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You was, you was look at this be. smile. You saw the same smile that you had when I handed you that pregnancy <laughs> test. And she might be pregnant. And you came out with the test. I was like, wow. Yeah, she's yeah. pregnant. <laughs> and then I, I remember even before then, even in November, but before November, because Okay, Elisa was born in 2019. Um, I was pregnant in the beginning of 20, 2019. So it was like even that whole year of 2018 after we got married, every time that I was late, like you guys don't understand, every time I was late, five days late, he was walking around like a, a cheese cat, like just smiling, excited, happy. And then I'd be like, oh, my period came, he was sad. So I'm like, okay, it's time to give this man a baby. Let me just give him what he wants. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, how how did you feel during my labor? Um, well, one, we had, we had this whole, you know, birth plan planned out, you know, you know, and the, for, I think you were talking about a water birth first, and then 
And then you had like second plans for you know, a natural birth, how you wanted, no epidural, nothing like that. And I typed it up and everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. And the doctors looked at it and just laughed. <laughs> this is way before the labor. Before yeah. I, I think I wasn't even six months. Yeah, she looked at it and was like, huh, okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. And then I think the, the last two weeks you kept going to the hospital because you, I think your pressure mm-hmm. kept being high. And the, the last thing you went to the hospital, they would find out you're going to have to get induced. Yeah, it was 30, 37 weeks. 37 and a half mm-hmm. weeks. And first they gave you the, the medication to mm-hmm. start the start inducing and it wouldn't work and when they mentioned c-section man i was like that's the last thing i wanted to hear because you know i've heard nightmare stories i've i've had family members when they when they the doctor did the c-section he cut too far in and the baby's oh, forehead God. got cut and well you know a lot of racing thoughts so i was nervous as hell but you no know, dr phil's amazing she was I you know she's very confident no, she's mm-hmm. giving birth to thousands of babies. So I was, <laughs> she's a great doctor, yeah, but this she is where it's very comfortable. Yeah, this is where I I I tell people all the time: if you are of faith, if you're a Christian, whatever your your religion may be, um, I'm a Christian. If you're a Christian and and you can find doctors that are believers, do so. And also because of the high mortality rates with African American women, um, I knew I needed a black doctor. Um, and not only was she a black female doctor, but she's also a mom of three as well. Um, so when they mentioned C-section, he's looking at me, <laughs> my sister's looking at me at the time, and the doctor's like, listen, we got to do what we got to do. I bawled my eyes out, and she literally let me sit there and cry on her and was like, okay, well, we're going to pray, and, and you're going to have your surgery. <laughs> you know, and they did everything. I did the epidural. I took it like a G. I had to do it twice. We did that. Um, my pressure continued to skyrocket mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it escalated once I had the epidural. Um, so I just thank God that it didn't get, you know, really severe, but some people have had strokes and even passed away due mm-hmm. to the epidural, the resp- the body's response to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful. Um, she came to me and she was like, listen, this pressure's not going down. We gave you enough medication to bring the blood pressure down on a horse. We got to go. And she came in her scrubs, she tapped me, and she handed you a change of clothes, mm-hmm. like, let's go. <laughs> so we literally went in there. And I love her because there's barely a mark, um, and, and, and we're together, and we have this beautiful baby. So how did you feel? Because you saw her first. Mm-hmm. I didn't see her during the C-section. They did bring her around. But how did you feel when you held your daughter? It felt like a dream. Um... One, you know, even before you, I never pictured myself with kids. I, it's, it's a, I never, I never said that. Well, I wasn't against having kids. It's just I never pictured myself with, with children. With children, mm-hmm. so I was holding this little girl in my hand. I'm like, wow, I have a daughter. It was so, it was so surreal. Mm-hmm. It's almost magical. <laughs> And she was so white. Oh my God. She came out because Lloyd is like dark brown skin and I'm brown skin. And I'm like, wait, well, who? Who the white baby is? <laughs> uh, and she came out making so, so much, much noise. noise. Oh my God. Head full of hair. This baby made so much noise. Um, and first, I have to tell you guys the joke. So, Dr. Phil's and me will attest. 
they did the c-section they took the baby out they brought her around so i did get a look at her and my mom is old school like count your baby's fingers and toes and you know so i'm watching to make sure this is my baby i know what she looks like and she's like oh okay dad we're gonna stitch mom up do you know this man grabbed his baby wrapped her in a blanket and was in the recovery room with his baby <laughs> while they were stitching me up and everything. So, so when they rolled me into recovery, he's already like super bonded with his baby. And I'm like, uh, they, they were here before me. <laughs> so she's like, listen, the man got what he came for. He got his baby and ran. <laughs> and that's literally what he's known for right now, grabbing his baby and running. Um, and she's super attached to him. Even now she'll call that that all day long. And she'll say my mom when she needs something. <laughs> and that's it. Um, so it, it was a, a surreal experience. Yeah, very. Um, I think for me, the most heartwarming experience was, even though you had her um, in the recovery, when I came into recovery and they wheeled me in, um, laying her on my chest and just waiting. Within two minutes, she latched onto my breast and she was like sucking. You remember that? I remember. And you heard the sound, and I was just like, oh my God, I am a mother. <laughs> Life just shifted from there. Um, so it was it was surreal. Very it definitely was surreal. How do you feel about the first time she said that then? Because she says it all day long now. That was a proud moment, man. Um, I, honestly, I wanted her to say mama first, but <laughs> she, she said that as more easier to say for babies than, than mama. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it, made, it, made my, it made me so happy inside Aww. to be called Dada. Aww. Well, she did. I did buy her that Jimmy Fallon book. <laughs> if you guys have small children, there's a book by Jimmy Fallon called, um, I think it's their first words will be Dada. Mm -hmm. And everything the in the book is Dada. <laughs> like it's a duck and it's Dada. So it's a pretty awesome book for, <laughs> for small babies right. um, into maybe one. I definitely recommend it. Um, and... I'm just so excited to have such a beautiful, smart, and bright daughter to share with you. Um, and she has such a good dad. So I love you. <laughs> um, I guess my next question would be, after having the baby, did you still find me like attractive? Because I know women, we go through so many emotions, especially with having a C-section. Um, because I had the C-section, I already felt extremely vulnerable, um, where it's like, you know, of course this is your husband, but I'm somebody that does for myself. So it's like, I can't bend, I can't pick this up, I can't do that. And even in the hospital where it's like, okay, I need my husband to literally help me put on my underpants. Um, so that was a type of vulnerability that I don't think, um, you've ever seen from me. Mm -hmm. And also I'm grateful that I have you as my husband, because I'm like, I can't imagine certain women that don't have that. So it's like, who, who are you asking, you know, two days after a C-section to help you put on your, your underclothes? Right. Um, but <laughs> did you still find me sexy even though I was like at an internal war? I find you sexy since the day I first met you. Nothing has changed. Except the scale. <laughs> both of us, the scale has changed for both of us. And I, I still find you sexy the day I met you. Okay. Um, Here's the question I have because, you know, there's days I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm, you know, we just moved, so we're unpacking things. I'm a full-time student. Like, we have all these things going on. So when you come home and you see the bonnet mm -hmm. and the house dress, how are you feeling about that? I understand. It's a busy day. You have Elisa, 
you have housework to do, you have school. Certain stuff, certain stuff is not going to be done. You know, your looks is not a priority right now. You got to get school work done. But, you know, the baby has to be taken care, taken care of. Even if dinner's not made, I totally understand. You got your handful. Of the, the baby alone is a handful. So because I've experienced it, so <laughs> I, I, I know what you go through throughout the day. So I don't come home with. I come home with zero expectations because I know the baby alone is a lot. It's, it's a lot to deal. with. Okay, so the bonnet, the bonnet doesn't ruin anything for you. The house dress doesn't ruin anything doesn't, for you. And, you know, dinner is usually made. Right. You you have meals. Um, I cook at least three to four times throughout the week. Mm -hmm. um, if we have a lot coming up, then meal prep does happen. Right. Um, so, you know, and if you meet my husband, like his arms, he's a big guy. Like we have to cook. I, I can't sit here and sandwich this man. I'm talking brown stew, chicken, curry, chicken, burgers. Like we, I have to cook. Um, we didn't gain this weight, <laughs> weight from fast food. Um, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you appreciate it because I feel like a lot of spouses sometimes don't when the wife is, you know, at home. Right. Um, and I've been in like different Facebook groups and different groups where you have the stay at home, you know, mom complaining that they don't have help. And one thing I love is although you have this stressful job and you have a commute, when you come home, you know, you shower, you get a chance to distress, but then you come and you grab the baby so I can get a break. And I really appreciate that because that moment to reset, you know, that 30 minutes, that yeah. hour to just, you know, have some me time makes a huge difference. Um, I feel like it makes me a better wife. It makes me a better mom because I look forward to that, you know, alone time. Um, and yeah. and it's important. Right. And I think even in a marriage without children, with children, it's so important to have alone time um, and communication where you can know, like, you know, you know when I'm like, okay, I got a lot going on. I need a break. Definitely. And you're like, Oh, do you want to go, go down to the office? And then, you, wanna, you know, you, you give me that break time. And I think the same goes where it's like, Oh, okay. I know you're going to go watch your movies. Um, and I think this is where everyone should have some type of outlet, you know, whether it be church, video games, um, you know, women stop hassling these men for playing their video games, basketball, football, what have you. Um, just crafting, you know, I'd love to go to the dollar store and get a bunch of stuff and get my glue gun and make mad stuff. Right. Um, so whatever your outlet is, it is so good to have that, in a marriage or not, just even in a pandemic, to have that. You know, if you want to put together a two million piece puzzle, you know, those outlets are very important mm -hmm. and beneficial. Um, just to your overall well-being, because, you know, if I'm no good, if you're no good, how can we help our children? How can we help our child? So, you know, self-preservation is, is very important. And I feel like people forget that. And you're ripping and running and you're on E. If I'm on E, how can I give to you? How can I give to our child? I, I can't. You know, it's impossible. So it's, it's extremely important. Um, and that leads to my the question where... Um, I want to ask you, do you view me as just a wife, just a mother, or like, what do, what do you think of me as a person? Do I think of you as a person? Um, I told you this before, like, you're, you're probably the, like, the one of the smartest women I've ever met. Um, 
your, your wife, your mother, you're you know, an entrepreneur, you're an A student, you're, you're, you're a beautiful woman, um, you're, you're everything. Um, you getting emotional? Me? <laughs> Do I have to turn off this microphone and, and shut this computer down and take you to the room? I, I, I admire you so much because you're so, you know, you're, you're so ambitious, you know, you, you can't sit still and just not do anything. You always have to do something. Even during this whole pandemic, you've learned how to, how to trade stocks in just a matter of a, a week. <laughs> like you, I don't, I don't know if you had any interest in it before. One, one night you just asked me about it and I think it was like on the weekend we were talking mm-hmm. about it and Friday, no lie, <laughs> Friday, you tell me stuff I don't even know about, about <laughs> options and futures and all that stuff. And like, wow. And it was beneficial. And I just keep like putting in, taking out and, and learning a lot of stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to can continue to learn about like options trading though. Even before you, I mean, before you knew about it, I had just general knowledge of, you know, Stocks. I don't know. Even to now, I don't know about options and futures and stuff. I'm asking you now how <laughs> how you do how you do all this, um how you do some of the stuff. And so I don't know if you as as just a wife, you know. You're one of the smartest women I've ever met. Mm, thank you. And I really admire you. I think that's what attracted me to you as well, um, because. We're, we're book readers. Like people come to our house and they're like, oh, you guys have so many books. <laughs> like now I'm I'm kind of disappointed in you, husband, because you've ventured into audiobooks. Oh, <laughs> and I'm not an audiobook fan. Like I love the smell of books. Like give me an old To Kill a Mockingbird mm-hmm. and I will like those nice little brown pages. <laughs> I love a good book. <laughs> well, I like audiobooks because one, they're convenient. Two, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed to say, but my attention span is not the greatest anymore. Especially with technology now, you know. Mm-hmm. So audiobooks is just convenient. You know, I usually do my commute. And I, I think it's just easier to, to... The goal is it's not to finish a book fast, but I feel like I absorb the information better when I hear it than, sadly, when I sit down and read it. Because I, I get distracted so easy. So, really? Yeah. You, you know what it is? I think it's the because we're the generation has changed, yeah. you know. And not just the generation, our priorities have definitely shifted. Um, you know, when I was 13, I could sit and read a book or two in, you know, a day. Right. We could read four or five books in a week. Right. I remember I read, I read a Harry Potter book while I was on the toilet. Like, <laughs> I was not a Harry Potter fan. I did the Goosebumps. <laughs> um, the best books were the Babysitters Club. I don't know if you remember those. I remember those. I never read them. I don't remember. But you know, I, I I admire that you love books, and I think that was one thing that attracted me to you because I think when we first started dating, we started talking about like the Forty Eight Laws of Power yeah. and and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just like mm, he's got a little bit of smarts mm-hmm. to sexy and beefy. <laughs> so I was kind of like excited about that because it's you know it, intellect is very attractive, um, very, and just the ability to download information mm-hmm. um, and retain it, right? 
and and discuss. You know, the, those things are very attractive. Like to sit there and be able to converse where I'm learning from you, you're learning from me. For me, that's always been like the major bonus. Like I've, I feel like I call them blondes. <laughs> when I was dating, I dated male blondes where you're like, okay, they look good, right, but, but no brains. No, like, right. Come on. So it, you know, that, that's what kind of ignites me. Like come tell me about projected stocks <laughs> next week or <laughs> you know, something like that. That's very attractive. Right. Um, and I feel like every week, I learned one or two things from you. So I really admire that, that I, I've learned a lot from you. Um, and it's attractive and it's pretty cool. In one word, how would you describe our sex life? Uh, I was excited. Um, you know, because of the baby is it's not as frequent as it was before, but you know, we definitely, every, every chance we get, we, <laughs> we yeah. definitely get it in. Because before the baby, I think it was like, <laughs> when we got married, it was a day. I think it was literally a few, no, it wasn't a day. It's been like numerous times right. when we were married, where it was like, that was all we did all day. <laughs> where you're like, okay, I'm sore. Me too. I'm done. <laughs> like, let me just tap out all day. Like, I remember we ordered food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we <laughs> had sex all day. <laughs> And we would like go outside and <laughs> come back, yeah. hang out, yeah. sex all night. It was just yeah. the, I think the craziest was the honeymoon. <laughs> Our honeymoon, I, it was crazy. Um, but then again, not honeymoon because our baby moon. Yeah. I think every time we went out of the country, it was kind of very exciting. Always something wild. <laughs> But this is why you 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 get married and you can do all stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so the cops <laughs> get us. Hey, this is my husband. Um, so let's discuss friendships. Um, one thing I've noticed that uh, now that I'm a mom, a lot of my friendships have changed. Like there's some people, you know, like my Naisha, like you know my my people that will always they're like family. Um, that are friends, right. but I would say in a sense of associates or people that, you know, you call up, hey girl, what you doing? Let's go out, let's go dancing, let's go, you know, sip and paint or whatever. Right. Um, that dynamic has definitely shifted for me mm-hmm. and it's shifted to the point where they don't even invite me. <laughs> and guess what? I don't feel any kind of way. I have so many other things on my plate. Right. I have other priorities and honestly, I'm trying to build wealth and a legacy for my child. So my focus has shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that with that focus shifting, so have those relationships. Right. So as a dad, um, do you think your friendships have changed now that you have a child? Um, but you know me, naturally, my, my circle is pretty small. You know, all the, all my guy friends I talk to, you know, on a daily or weekly basis, even monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I would say it definitely changed, you know, Obviously, we don't really have any time to mm-hmm. go out as much as we used to to hang out and stuff. But um, you know, there's people that you know I've, I've talked to that you know I barely even talk to anymore. But it, it's not purposely. You know, mm-hmm. we have a young one that you know the priorities change, and you know, yeah, you know, communication is a two way thing too. Yeah, definitely. Some people can you know hit you up. 
they you know, don't. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, well. But, but yeah, friendships definitely have changed, but the people I, I talk to on a weekly basis, we still keep in, still keep in contact. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it may be a little different from men. You know, women, we're, we're talkative creatures. Right. We're, you know, we're emotional creatures. Right. So it's a little different versus, you know, guys. It's like, all right, you good? You good? Mm-hmm. Okay, and you guys keep it moving, but right. women, you know, we want to complain about work mm-hmm. and all the stuff going on, and you know, it, it it changes. But I also think the pandemic has changed that, where everybody's kind of like internalizing things and just in their corner, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it it's a little different. Now. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's definitely different from men and women. You know, women go a few days without each other, and suddenly, oh, she's acting funny, and oh, she posted subs and. Men, yeah. I, like I, I could go months without speaking to some, some of my male friends, and I hit them up, and it's like nothing it's, ever nothing changed. Just pick changed. up where you, you left, off. left off. Yeah. Yeah, so, but you know, I don't even think it's necessarily just an emotional thing with women. Of course, women are emotional creatures, um, and I try to do my best as a woman to always set emotions aside and mm-hmm. literally I turn into like a scientist and mm-hmm. I go back to my old pre-calculus and calculus and I'm like, I need to think logic. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care anything else about how I feel right mm-hmm. now. We have to just do what makes sense and think logically. Right. Um, you know, so women tend to be emotional, but I think it's a matter of social media. Social media has consumed people so much oh, where people are so good with pretending that they're good right. and they're not. Um, Somebody posted something today and I saw it and I was like, I live in New York where people are pushing $1,400 strollers into a homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, the the thing is with social media, you can post who you want to be. You don't have to actually show up as that person. Mm -hmm. And it's sad because when you do come into contact with these people and you do have a conversation with them, you're like, yo, these people are either traumatized. Mm -hmm. They have so much like past hurt and issues and you know so many things going on right um or they're just like out of it like it, it's crazy and social media has been such a turnoff for me lately like i even found myself posting like you know how people are getting on my damn nerves mm-hmm. with social media yeah. um because it's like everything doesn't have to be posted number one right number two if you need to post it for attention you need a therapist right because someone didn't love you enough when you were smaller or something is off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not necessary. Um, and I'm sure there's something else you could be doing with your time. Of course. So, you know. For me, I, I use it more of a comedy outlet than anything else. You know, mm-hmm. Once in a while, I'll, you know, I, I like to keep it, to have social media. Them, like, see what, yeah, keep up with um, what friends are doing and you know, see what everybody's doing. But mostly I use it as a comedy outlet, man. It's, me too. It's not, I, not, I really take serious. I think I, I at this point I only go up there to go get memes. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> and between the memes and like the three people I actually communicate on social media. Right. It's so crazy because the three people I usually communicate with, I communicate with on Instagram and right. Facebook and we and text. So like we will be texting each other and then I'll go on messenger and message them and but it's just that communication through those those outlets, you right. know. Um, but social media has really consumed people to the point where if they see it posted, it's, it's law. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that happened in real life. Nobody right. does research anymore. <laughs> um, and then you have your social media lawyers, mm-hmm. you have your social media doctors right. and no one has philosophers, any... <laughs> the philosophers, sorry, <laughs> the, the therapists. It's, 
It's it's crazy. Every, yeah. Everybody's selling on social media now. Yeah. And you just gotta sit back there and laugh and like this. Okay. Yeah. Until so you sit and converse with these right. people. And it's like, you know, you're forced to show up mm-hmm. as this person that you post that you're you're being. Right. Um, so it's it's crazy. You know, people are dressed up and messed up mm-hmm. on social media and sometimes even in real life. Right. Um and it sucks. But what can we do? Right. What can we do except, you know, read social media? Like I don't know. Um, I, I have to often take breaks, you know, now with the pandemic, a lot of church, everything is on social Social media, media, on Zoom, um, meetings, things like that. There was one thing I think I told you I enjoyed, um, one of my sweet, dearest friends from high school, Mary, um, she also has a podcast, The Diary of a Brooklyn Chick, you guys should check that out, um, she did this thing where we all went on Facebook Meet or Facebook Room, whatever it's called, and we all just talked about a little bit of everything. It was like four or five of us, and it was it was so awesome um, because it felt like a girls' night out, like a you know drinks or whatever, and it just smooth. It went smoothly. Everyone was able to just discuss you know what I was bothered. We were on there from like eight until two in the morning, and I was just like, and that was our first night um, in our new house. And I was on there for so long and I I truly enjoyed it. You know, people were able to express things they were going through. It was just, it was so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, well, we can use these media outlets for positive things, but you know, it is what it is. Right. Uh, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so glad you came on to my show. Anything else? Um, What do you want to say? I'm just really proud of you. Really? Doing this, yeah. Um, um, it's very hard, especially with the editing and stuff. I'm pretty sure some of the stuff's going to be edited out. Um, <laughs> but I'm very proud of you for taking the step. You were talking about it for months, and you know, I knew you were serious about it, but when I saw you put your, your microphone and the whole, you know, setup, the whole right? setup, I'm like, yep, she's serious. I admire that you're doing it because even with the workload you get from school, you know, taking care of Lisa during the day when I'm going to work, you know, and still have time to do this is is very admirable, and I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me on your show. You know, you know, I'm a man of few words, so I know people you are like wait, bored, her I'm husband sorry. is talking because you. Know. you I, I tell you, one thing I'm grateful for is <laughs> literally no woman could come to me and be like, I'm coming to you as a woman to tell you <laughs> your husband said. I'm going to be like, sis, sis, my husband <laughs> said nothing. Homeboy don't talk to nobody. <laughs> and for Angie's friends, you know, I know I have a mean face, but I'm actually a very nice person. I'm, I don't look approachable, but you could definitely approach me. Don't approach my husband. Nah, no, I mean, not like that, but you know. Okay. But I'm just my face is just naturally like that. But I'm he's like, Jamaican. He got the Jamaican screw face. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm just so glad you came on, babe. And how do you feel with relocating? Like, how do you feel? How do you feel now that we've purchased a home? Uh it's definitely one of those milestones, and I'm still celebrating because you know. To see it from where we start from mm-hmm. to where we're at now, man, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what one conversation could uh, could change two people's lives, man. Huh? 
And this is this is really just the beginning. I, I see big and better things in the future. And but I'm I'm very proud of where we are right now. And you know, it's it's big and better to come in the future. So I'm very proud of us. Do you recommend marriage? Of course. It's not for everybody, but I, I definitely recommend it. And marriage is different. It's different for everybody, you know. For me, marriage is the it's the ultimate form of commitment, you know. You're telling that person that you're gonna be with them no matter what, you know, gain six hundred pounds, you know. Oh, Lord. You know, your financial situation changed, you know. You know, it's a lot of temptation out there, but you're gonna be telling that person no matter what, I'm I'm only gonna be with you and only you. I will never disrespect you, I will never violate you. Mm, don't have me out here looking stupid, so I have I'm to shoot you. You know shoot. I can shoot. <laughs> you definitely can. Um, and that's what marriage is to me. I wanted to make that commitment to you. And I've never disrespected you, never violated you. And I plan on keeping it that way. He lying, y'all. He beat me. Ah. <laughs> no, I forgot. Okay. Where, where were we? Oh, I think I was pregnant. Do you remember... Um, I was pregnant and I went to the doctor and they were asking me like, oh, is everything okay at home? <laughs> and the doctor was like, I'm a clown. Like, this is how bad. Lloyd and I have this twisted humor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so he steps out of the room and it was a, it was actually a med student at um, Mamandi's and he's like, oh, you know, are you okay? Is everything at home okay? And then I guess he saw you and you like this big muscular black guy. I don't know. <laughs> And he's like, is everything okay? I said, no, he beats me. <laughs> and this kid's face, he turned tomato red. And I started laughing so hard. There were tears rolling down my eyes. Like, he laughed, but he just walked out, I think, emotionally. I, like, I pulled some crazy strings on him. It was hilarious to me. I was like, he beats me. <laughs> it's terrible. My my humor is, I don't know. I think that's not the first time I've said that. Like, But I was like, okay, I have to stop saying that. <laughs> That's one thing about us. We definitely have twisted senses of humor. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I can't help it. it. I don't think it's gonna change, and right. I think our daughter is. She's a goofball too. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally a little goofball already. Um, so I don't know. I'm just excited for our future. I love that you and our daughter have such a close relationship. Like I said, she calls that at all day. When he comes in the door, she's like running to the door. Mm-hmm. She, you know, but with COVID going on, it's a little difficult because when he comes home, there's a whole routine. He can't touch her or nothing like that. So it's kind of hard. She doesn't understand that concept. So it's like I have to hold her and keep her away until, you know, after you shower and everything. And then she's like, <laughs> so it's, you know, but I feel like she's a little traitor. Mm-hmm. So I think in the next year or so. I need a son because I need somebody to just be all over me when they don't need something, when they, you know, just want to be on me. Um, so I feel like we're ranting. This has been going on for quite a while. Right. Um, I really appreciate having you on. I appreciate you inviting me. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I'll be on in future episodes. <laughs>